for me personally, like when I don't know a lot about a culture or like a people group, it's so easy in my head to just group people as like one. And this is like, yeah, I talk about this a lot as travels help me kind of learn how to be anti-racist, even when I find it in myself of like, this is why I, I mean, I know it's a privilege to be able to travel, but I try to use that privilege and learn from it and unlearn some things and learn some new things. And so staying with her family was such a gift. This is Leah and Trizzy, and we are two voices, two views, and two ways to adventure from anywhere. We prioritize travel in our lives, and we both travel very differently. Every other Wednesday, we drop episodes featuring the coolest travelers around the globe, local business owners, community episodes from you, and of course, us, your resident travel lovers. This is Ticket to Anywhere podcast. Watch us on YouTube or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Safety Wing is the world's first international travel medical insurance developed to meet the needs of entrepreneurs and remote workers traveling or living abroad worldwide. The Safety Wing Nomad Insurance includes both travel and travel medical insurance, which includes coverage for any travel delays, lost checked bags, emergency response, and natural disasters, plus coverage and access to qualified global network of hospitals and doctors for unexpected medical problems and accidents, and any emergency medical evacuations. You can sign up for Nomad Insurance even if your trip is already happening, or sign up in advance by selecting a future start date. For only $42 per four weeks, you can be covered under Safety Wing and its Nomad Insurance. Click the link in our description for more info and to sign up. Safe travels! The one, the only, me on the map on the show today. Super excited. Look at those glasses. For those who are just <laughs> listening, she has these heart, red heart-shaped oh glasses. Or her hearts are the eyebrows part, I guess. That but she uses to look look at her students mm-hmm. and make them laugh with as yeah. a teacher. They do work. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Me on the map, slow traveler. I am outnumbered today because I am not a slow traveler. Which I hope one day I will become. Yes. <laughs> and she's an amazing storyteller. If you guys listen to her or read her words, it makes you cry. It puts you in an emotion. I love it. You're going to make me cry right now. But then there's the happy side. There's the happy fun side of Mia as well. Oh. Mia, first question, coffee or tea? Ooh, well, I'm drinking coffee right now. Ooh, so we're gonna enough go said, with enough coffee. Said, enough we're said. gonna go with coffee. <laughs> Cheers to that! Cheers, but I do love matcha. So yes, there's that. Oh, what is okay? So Mia just held up for those of you not watching. Mia just held up one of the Starbucks uh, location oh, yeah. cups. Where's that one from? Chihuahua, Mexico. Oh my gosh. Wow. They have. It's so cool when I see kind of like unsuspecting cities have their own Starbucks cup. Yeah. I have a lot of these now, but I don't have Indianapolis or Michigan, which is like like the two places where I spend most of my time with. So I'm a collector of interesting mugs. And I, when I was in Washington, I went to this art fair and I got a little carried away because I love mugs and there's so many cute mugs. And this man had this mug with like, and I kind of want to show it to you, but it's right over there. Um, <laughs> anyway, it has this beautiful, cool indigenous design and the, the handles like kind of like a lightning shape. Super wow. great. Yeah. If I have a good mug, my day is set. And some, oh yeah. Same here. But I have to areas. remind myself, I need to stop buying them. I'm like, what's the 
point. Yeah. Right? <laughs> having all these money. Especially if you travel. It's like it's not like I'm going to pack all these in you my suitcase. It's just like an easy gift for other people. Like people see me drink tea a lot. And mm. this past Christmas, I got like six mugs and I love them. Don't get me wrong. But, but like, I'm like, I'm room? trying to be a minimalist too. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely I a maximalist, that. but I desire <laughs> to be a minimalist. I just Are have a really bad habit. Mia? I, I want to talk what? about that actually, because I, I would have pegged you for a minimalist. Mm-hmm. If anyone sees me pack, it's it's I have to start packing like a month in advance, and I'll pack everything I want to pack, mm-hmm. and then a week later I'm like, take half of it out. You can't take mm-hmm. this with you. And then when it gets closer, I'm like, you still can't take all this with you. So take like at least a third more of it out because I get really indecisive and I. I like giving gifts when I travel, and so I like bringing things from the States to give as gifts, but I also just, I'm indecisive, so I'm like, what if it, what if there's a red carpet and I need to wear this gown, you know, obviously, that's the way to rationally think about packing. It's the Grammys out here every night. We got to be changing, right? (laughs) Right. Wait, I want to, I want to dive a little deeper into this because I love talking about packing because Mm -hmm. I try very hard to be a minimalist myself, and I I have a goal of getting better every single trip, but I'm always curious about other people that do it. So Mia and I went to two travel conferences this year. We met up at two travel conferences, Wanderfest in New Orleans in March, and then TravelCon in Memphis in April. So what, how did you pack for those like carry on versus checked? And like, did you use every single item that you packed with you? Okay. Great question. So Mm -hmm. TravelCon, I drove to travel con. Yes. Which which means changes. you brought your whole bedroom. I literally yeah, I wanted to make a funny reel kind of showing how I traveled versus I think it was who else? Maddie. I stayed with Maddie Bell and she mm-hmm. she packed with like a carry-on and I wanted to just showcase how I had the entire trunk full of all of my clothes. Cause also I, it was my first time at Travel Con, so I didn't mm-hmm. really know what the vibe was. Mm-hmm. Um yes. But normally when I travel, if I go on a plane, it's always a carry-on. Always. Okay. So that's why I have to pack months in advance to make sure. And normally I'm moving abroad. Like when I travel, yeah. normally it's like, bye, gone for three months and I stay for like two years. And mm-hmm. so I never know what I'm going to do. So I try wow. to just... <laughs> Dang, does that just happen to anyone else? Like three months turns into two I know, years. man. That's why. Slow traveler. Yeah, it's, it's the way to go. I, so did yeah. you use everything at um, at Wonderfest then since you flew? Absolutely not. No. And you know what the funny thing is, too? I didn't use everything, but I did borrow clothes from Maria. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I know. You know when you so pack. so funny. And you pack like a little bit and you're like, great, great. Good job. I packed a little bit. And then you're like, but none of this is right. <laughs> it mm. just and it was none of cold. it. Is, yep. <laughs> I'm worse when I'm when it's cold. I think when I'm cold, yeah. I'm pretty miserable. Mm. And I did live in Michigan for like six years. So really? Oh, is that yeah. colder than where you're based right now, which is yes. Indianapolis? Indianapolis. Yeah, Everyone come visit Indy. There we go. The city that is on the rise for fun. Because I'm here. Go. <laughs> because it has its first certified drone pilot in the house hey, on the Ticket to Anywhere episode I, right now. Yeah. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> Yay! Yeah. So 
How is droning going from you? I know you've Ooh. been you got kind of your first initial push and yeah. the drone from our good friend Christine. Christine, the drone queen. <laughs> yeah, that honestly, I it's just really changed my life in like pretty big ways. And and Christine too is such a good connector and mm-hmm. coach. So I think anytime I fly now, if I get nervous about something, there's something that she said to me when I was first learning how to fly. And now I apply it to when I'm first learning how to do anything where she said, don't be so hard on yourself. How many times have you done this? It's, you're still learning, right? This is new and give yourself, give yourself some grace and just keep trying. And I was like, yeah. And that's really stuck with me. And so now um, I fly all the time and it's interesting because where Christine lives and so she flew me out for like an all expenses paid trip for that drone giveaway, nice. which was pretty mm-hmm. incredible. Um, and so most of the places we were flying were like beaches, uh, open, more open areas. And now I'm in Indianapolis. There's, there's, I mean, there are some beaches in Indiana, um, but I'm, I'm like learning how to fly around buildings and it's a different yeah. Oh, it's gosh. a different feeling. Right. I know at first I was like, oh no, you're too close. You're too close. The wind, it's going to fly over there and hit it. Um, but I'm going to be honest, this is learning how to fly drones has been the most empowering thing from this year. Like, I I don't know how to explain it, but I think mm-hmm. when you can see things from a new perspective yeah. um, and know that you're mostly in control, um, it, it just feels really good and it feels good to show those photos to other people and be able to um, show them Indiana in a new way and Michigan too. And for me to be able to see like places mm-hmm. where I've grown up, but to see it from a different perspective, it's super cool. So yeah, I mean, I like the foliage uh, drones photos that mm-hmm. you usually put up. I Michigan. love it. Yeah. Michigan. Michigan. Okay. Michigan's like my favorite state that I've been to really it's so beautiful you guys summertime in Michigan is unbeatable to me it's just and I kind of like I learned how to walk in Michigan I went to school there and there's this place called pictured rocks everyone listening take notes Michigan summertime pictured rocks it looks like a different country it's like the water is crystal clear you're looking at these like cliff faces you can go kayaking you can camp you can go to I think it's like Santa Claus city Santa Claus there's like a Christmas themed town it's kind of weird but um I know what you mean (laughs) you know (laughs) so yeah I I really I have a lot of recommendations for Michigan and then Indiana I grew up here but it it never felt like home to me until Mm. this year and so I've all I because I lived abroad for so long for most of Mm -hmm. my like adult life that um, Indiana felt like one of the most foreign places to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't expect to be back here. And thank you, Panini pandemic. Um, <laughs> but now that I'm here, I always try to like engage in the place that I'm living in and try mm-hmm. to connect as best as possible. And when I was a teenager, I, I didn't really do much of that. It was mostly school yeah. friends. But now it's like, oh, let's get to know my city in a new way. And mm-hmm. so it's been a fun experience being back here as an adult that's so good to hear I think a lot of us did some like soul searching about where we were currently right at the start of everything in March 2020 Mm. um 
And even we did the same about LA. So I can only imagine like how it felt about Indiana on, you know, it's a different type of city. It's a smaller city. And so, um, and we, none of us could move. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'd love rough. to get out there and visit you. <laughs> Please do. Please. I mean, seriously, list of great coffee shops here for you. <gasps> Trizzy. There are some places with boba. And I I'll will bring take my own. you to those places. Bring also, her. bring your own. She just, <laughs> some fried, she just needs some fried chicken. That's Ooh, right. So. We can, we can I do know that. you know some fried chicken places. Oh, yeah. Actually. I mean, come on. Oh, <laughs> I love that. fried chicken. Fried chicken and boba. So good. The best com- on it. I like together. I should get fried together. together. Together, yes. It's the best together. combo. It's the best combo. My old roommate was from, he's from Taiwan. And uh, so Fridays we would have fried chicken and boba dice. Oh my gosh. It's the best. From a Taiwanese chef. Yeah. Wait, he cooked it or bought it? He cooked it. I would call him a chef. He wouldn't call himself a chef. He's good at cooking. Taiwanese chicken is amazing too. Like the, what is it? Hot star chicken? Yeah. Get off of me. What is what is it like? I don't eat meat. For those listening, Leah does not eat meat. Yeah, but it's like the size of my face, right? So it's like this chicken (laughs) that's flattened, tendered, size of my face, battered, deep fried, and you just eat it like with your hands and yeah, yeah. Like does it have like a different type of seasoning? Is that why they they, you could put you could put some like five star or what is this five spice on it oh yeah even just like classic salt and Mm -hmm. pepper kind of yeah yeah so good okay i mean i'm sure it'll smell good i will never eat it but boba (laughs) was also good i'll have that i kind of wish i could eat the chicken skin is that weird be just because it's just fried batter oh yeah that's true oh yeah i could i mean i've cheated (laughs) i had like duck fat fries last year in london and i was like this isn't very vegetarian was it worth it was it good oh it was so worth it but like i'm like this is it mm. and i had like a snail in morocco a few years ago i'm like mm. it's hard when you're so i will say like when you're traveling and something that i learned traveling because i went through a period where i was like i would love to be a vegetarian it really helps out the world especially like my family eats way too much red meat I just grew up in like Mm a very heavy meat eating family Mm -hmm. and living abroad like a lot of people don't a lot of people don't have access to that um so I like my what I ended up doing was just if I'm staying with a family which I always I always end up staying with a host family wherever I'm living I will just eat whatever they make for me and um it's been an interesting array of foods I've been offered. And I always try everything once. Um, so I lived in Georgia, the state for, mm-hmm. I think it was about three years. And I moved there right after college. And I was working in this intentional community that hosts like newly arrived refugees and asylum seekers. So a lot of the people that I was meeting and spending my days with, they were from like Congo, Eritrea, and then Myanmar, Burma. Um, and Thailand. And so I remember the first time my friend, um, her name's Baba. She is an awesome chef and she's from Thailand. She grew up in the camps, refugee camps in Thailand and was resettled in Georgia. And she, I was her English teacher and I was, um, yeah, working as an English teacher in this community. And the first time she invited me over, she had this like She's like, I worked so hard on this. I'm really excited to show you Corinne food. Um, her 
yeah, the ethnic background she's from is Karen. It's spelled like Karen. And she was like, yeah, come sit down. And it was like um, chicken feet and whole frogs and, oh, what was like, it? Meat it was heavy? Catfish. It, I mean, it was, it was just different. It was just mm-hmm. different textures than mm-hmm. I was used to. Um, and I'm not going to say I was a fan, but I will say from what she gave me, she did a really good job of like seasoning it all. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was my first introduction to that. And then I have eaten quite a bit. South Africa, they had warthog as like a common meat option in the supermarket was like warthog. So warthog. Wow. Sorry, Pumbaa. Yeah. Do they, <laughs> do they do they roast the warthog like they do in the Philippines, like the whole lechon? I've never, you know, I've never been. Have oh. it on the stick. You know, they have I've it always, like they basically roast it on the stick in the like they do it in Hawaii as well. I've always in wanted to see that. I think that's. Yeah, they didn't do that. There was just like you go to the supermarket and there's okay. right next to like the chicken and steak. It's warthog steak. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I know how that is. It was pretty good. It's kind of <laughs> like, I mean, it's kind of like pork, but. Warthog. Yeah. yeah okay. But I do, I try to be, well, I try to be intentional about what I'm eating mm-hmm. depending on like the hosts that are in my that whoever's like hosting me um and then when I'm on my own I do my best to just cook some fresh food from the supermarket or markets depending on where I am yeah yeah of course markets the first stop usually the best stop (laughs) I really wish there were more I mean I love the farmer's markets here but it's not the same as just like popping out and seeing a fruit stand or going yeah it's just and the fact that farmer's markets are like once a week in America I know (laughs) what is this um, Mia, I would love to hear more about your time living in other countries. Yeah. Yeah. And what you've learned from there because I feel like you've given us, you know, some tidbits here and there, even just living in other states. But I know you as a guest on here have um, learned some big lessons while you've been abroad. Yeah, sure have. Um, I think slow travel has really served me well. Um I always tell people, when people ask me, why do you travel so much? And I say, I travel for people and I travel to grow. And you can't grow if you're in your comfort zone. And so I think I always try to choose places that I know I could learn a lot from. Like South Africa, I learned a lot about my own racial identity and how I represent the U.S. too. Um, It was the first place where I learned how to feel more comfortable talking about race because people talk about it all the time. Um, and cause I was living with a family. Well, I was like, not my current boyfriend, but at the time I was dating somebody and, um, he's a black Zimbabwean and most of, he invited me to stay with his family. I wanted to stay longer. And, um, it was just a really great and uncomfortable at first, but great experience. Um, being the only white person in the room and, kind of grappling with that and also knowing, man, you don't know what you don't know until you're in a situation like that. And then you listen and you learn. Um, And I think it's really easy for people to travel to a place and not learn anything. Um, A lot of people sometimes equate travel to like, wow, instant, open mind, growth. But it's, it's really not that way. It's so easy for people to just like 
stay in their comfort zone while they're traveling, um, sipping those Mai Tais on the beach, mm-hmm. you know, which is great. Yeah. I also appreciate that type of travel. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, th- I think if you want to grow, you have to really put yourself in those situations that you know will kind of force you to grow. Um, so South Africa was kind of like the country that really changed the trajectory of, of my life. It's also what got me interested in um, immigration issues and working with refugees and asylum seekers. Um, yeah, and and then Japan was the next place where, honestly, Japan. I never thought I would be in Japan. It was never... And I look back now and I'm like, how did I say this? But it was never on my list of places to see. And I just happened mm. to, I was like practicing interviewing in college. My boss at the time, um, I was working in a study abroad office and my boss was like, oh, there's this school in Japan. They're coming here and doing interviews. You should just like what practice interviewing, you know, like you're a senior, you still don't know what's next, go to the interview. And before the interview, they had an info session and they were just showing like what the apartments looked like and they were showing the city and, and classes. And I'm like, oh, well, I can see myself there. Like, I'm actually going to put some real effort into this interview because I really want it. And the interview was kind of hysterical. It was like two kind of serious men. One of them was American. One of them was Japanese and who later ended up being my boss. And he just had this kind of old video camera the whole time filming the interview (laughs) and I had to do a mock teaching lesson and so I sang a song that I wrote because I love singing and I still I like make up songs all the time and put together a little game for them to play because when you're teaching you have to to get teaching jobs usually you have to do like mock lessons for adults um yeah another uncomfortable experience (laughs) but I got the job went to Japan and I really didn't know a lot about Japan before going there. And I think I just automatically had some like stereotypes or biases in my head about what it would be like. Um, And it was so different from what I had imagined, from what the media puts out there all the time. Like, I think the media tells one story and it's not, it's not that that story is false. It's just not the whole story. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, that's why I recommend if you can travel, like go do it because you have to see these stories for yourself and experience it mm-hmm. for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, people in Japan are very polite, but also like, are they going to maybe talk about you behind your back sometimes? Mm. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's just like, and it, I think when I was working in a school there, I there was that politeness on the phone talking to customers. Mm-hmm. And then immediately after it was like work gossip happened. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. I can relax a little bit because I know like I can relate to some of this. Um, but it, I stayed there for a long time. I wouldn't have seen that had it been like a short trip. Right. Um, yeah. So, and I know not everybody can slow travel, but if you do travel um, to other countries and you're able to stay with like a family or find a way to like get those local connections kind of quickly. Mm-hmm that's that's a really great way to to learn things that uh you wouldn't learn had you stayed in like a hostel or a hotel how do you like make those cold local connections um because you know you've gone to places with jobs with boyfriends etc but Mm -hmm. like have you shown up anywhere where you like 
you know, first time here, don't know anybody, would love to meet some locals. Like, how do you do that yeah, for people? No, that's who, literally like everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the boyfriend I had in South Africa, we met in a, we kind of met in a club. And they were playing Chantal music. So go to the so go to the club. Yeah, go Go to to the the club. club. This is how number one. Actually, no, that's funny. Um, you guys met me in New Orleans, and I'm like very. I really appreciate sleep. Um, and (laughs) yeah, kind of like Trizzy, right? You go. I wake up normally super early. People here make fun of me because they're like, "It's nine o'clock. It's Mia's bedtime." But like (laughs) Cape Town was the first place where I really, I was like, oh. This is it. This is all new. Like, I'm going to just do what people here are doing. But anyway, how I meet locals and like connect with people where I'm living is different with every trip. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, there's something really comforting to me about having a friend from that local country or ha- staying with a family. Uh, I think because I was adopted, family structure is really interesting to me. And I, Every time I make those connections or stay with a host family, I feel fulfilled in this strange way. Um, So I've met an example. My best friend in Japan, shout out to Kana. She's awesome. Um, We met on a Facebook language exchange group a year before I was going to Japan because I knew, like, if I'm going to live here, like, at least do the service of trying to learn the language a bit. Um, and yeah, so we, she was the only person in that group who, there was like this natural conversation flowing and we also bonded because we both like the Fast and Furious movies. (gasps) Me too, though. It's literally in my dating profile that like, that I'm obsessed with them. So I, me too. I, and she learned, my friend Kana learned English from those movies, which is so funny. She sent me, she became like my pen pal. I love writing letters. Um, and so we sent letters back and forth. She sent pictures of her family and said, you know, when you come to Japan, like come stay with my family. And at the time I was like, yes, yes, of course. I didn't realize how expensive travel within Japan can be. Mm. And so she lives mm-hmm. on the Northern Island in Hokkaido. Um, I lived in the mainland in Gifu prefecture and the flight was pretty expensive, but I still made it out to to stay with her and her family um, in the, let's see, I was there for winter. I was there in the summertime and fall. Yeah. Um, and I stayed with her family for like the vacations that I had during our school year break while I was teaching. And it was just magical. It was so great because... I think when you meet people who don't fit that stereotypical mold, um, it changes the way that you think about the culture. Because I think when you don't know, for me personally, like when I don't know a lot about a culture or like a people group, it's so easy in my head to just group people as like one. And this Mm -hmm. is like, yeah, I talk about this a lot as travels help me kind of learn how to be anti-racist, even when I find it in myself of like, this is why I, I mean, I know it's a privilege to be able to travel, but I try to use that privilege and learn from it and unlearn some things and learn some new things. And so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. staying with her family was such a gift. Um, 
it also really helped my language skills because she spoke some English, her family did not, and they're farmers. And so it was a great way to like see a different, different way of life. And oh my gosh, they made amazing tomato juice. You guys, I don't Ooh. like tomato juice. Typically I'm like, why would people drink right. tomatoes? So good. It was so good. Wow. Anyway, this is getting a little off track, but <laughs> if we go to Japan and need some friends, I've got some people to connect you to. So I love that. That's awesome. Facebook groups, couch surfing, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. getting lost. I've actually made quite a few friends when I was lost and I get lost everywhere. Um, because my memory is kind of bad and my phone often dies. I need to upgrade it. But <laughs> my phone. It, we experienced that in New Orleans. Do you know you why? You can't fit a nine-foot charger with you in your purse everywhere you go. I was too busy <laughs> using it to tie up my bag, you know? So, like, <laughs> and in the when airport. Listen, guys, I was in the airport in Seattle. And my, I was, ugh, the the, like, terminal I was in, no outlets except for one. And it was mm. very far away from the chairs. And do you know what I did? I used my long charger. You used and your I long could charger. Sit in that chair. And you also this. could have had a portable one. <laughs> also that, yeah. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. You have to. I have one of those too, but then you have to keep that charge. Charge, yes. Like, true, yeah. That's that is my – to be honest, that is my struggle until I've gone in some very serious situations without a phone. And I'm like, I, I need a – step up my game but I also now have multiple portable chargers smart so if one's not charged <laughs> then Abby travel yep. okay because we know you we know that you're living you're leaving out a big country that you've been to but our audience doesn't know which country is this is it Thailand did I not <laughs> talk about Thailand it's he talent. talked about a little bit of it. Okay. <laughs> but you know it was very I mean we I know this Trizzy doesn't the audience doesn't, but I know it was life-changing for you. It was. I, yeah, I think, so like I said before, like I travel for people. I get kind of attached to people. And so, so to backtrack, I was adopted when I was a baby and I knew about this growing up. My parents always told me I was adopted. And even though I love my parents to death, there was still a part of me that wanted to know where I came from, wanted to understand myself more because being able to know your identity is also a privilege that not everyone mm -hmm. has. Um, yeah. And so I think I, a part of me was always searching. So I kind of go gravitate towards places where there's just this like feeling and connection. And so when I lived in Georgia, um, when I was teaching Georgia, I wanted to stay there because I was building these really great connections. Um, so I went to Japan for a year, kept thinking about Georgia, moved back. And this is like rural, small town, Georgia, like one gas station, one restaurant. I don't know why I always end up in these rural places, Thailand too, <laughs> middle of nowhere, Japan, rural, like, I don't know what it is. People started calling me like a country bumpkin. And I was like, well, okay, <laughs> I don't even really know, whatever. Um, but I think those rural areas and those small towns, the people connect differently um, yeah. than in bigger oh, yeah. cities. So living in that small town, not a lot of apartments to rent. And my student at the time, so I taught adult beginner English. And um, one of my students was like, we want you to stay. We know like your time in this community is coming to an end. Are you going to stay in Comer? 
Oops, I said the name of the city. Edit that out. Um, <laughs> you're like, are you going to stay here or are you going to go back to Indiana? And because um, that community was pretty like transient place. A lot of people came and went. And I was like, you know, I'd love to stay and get to know you all more. I'm just looking for an apartment. And my student slash friend at the time was like, oh, just come live with my family. Didn't think about it. Didn't ask her family. She was like, no, just come live with us. And I was like, do you want to? Do you want to like run that by your family first? Because <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe, right. but also I would love to. And she's so funny. Just one of my best friends. Um, and so her family was fine with it. And that's, that's what I've learned a lot about like Korean culture and Karini culture, like mm-hmm. cultural group from the borderland of Thailand and Myanmar, from Burma, from Thailand, mm. all over. So welcoming. Um, it, I yeah, they just know how to welcome in people so well. Um, most of the people that I've met and the people that I've been close with, and so I moved all my stuff in, and it just it was just the best. There were definitely some language barriers, um, but we we made it work and lived the farm life for a bit. Um, and then she had family who was getting resettled from a refugee camp in Thailand. They were coming to be resettled in Atlanta. And later they were going to move into her house. And I was like, I don't really feel right taking up a whole bedroom here. I'm going to find a different place to live. And so I was, I had like three best friends at the time and two of them were my students. Um, That's how we met initially. But when I'm teaching, I don't really consider people as like a, I don't see much Mm -hmm. of a hierarchy when I'm teaching adults. Mm -hmm. You know, it's more of like, Mm -hmm. let's all learn from each other. I'm going to share the things that I know the way that I know how, and I'm going to learn from you too. Um, So it it made it a lot easier for me to get to know people um, that way. And so then I lived with a different family who's Karini and um, different language, different clothing, um, some different like cultural traditions and spiritual traditions. Um, And we would have, I started like a women's group with them, a weaving group where they could, uh, we traveled around to different farmer's markets to showcase like Corinne and Corinne weaving from Thailand and Burma. And they got to share about their culture. And I got to like chat with people at the farmer's market, which I loved. They taught me how to weave a bit. But the time came where I, I've done a lot of different jobs. I was working in a (laughs) library, teaching at a technical college working in a bakery too and my contract was coming to an end for the college and the family I was living with they had said you know we really want to go back to Thailand we're still waiting on our green card like you should go to Thailand go to Thailand for us like and I really wanted to understand more about them because we had spent two years together sharing meals on the floor laughing like just having the best time staying up late and I there's something really special about getting to see where somebody's from and to, and to know the culture before you go. Um, mm-hmm. So I went to Thailand, told everyone, see ya, going for three months, going for the summer, can't wait to come back and share all about it and bring you all some snacks. And I was supposed to work in a refugee camp in Thailand. The Thai government had changed their regulations right before I came, like the week before I came. So I last minute made different plans to teach in a boarding school there. And I was working with 76 students um, on the border of Thailand and Myanmar. And 
it's another type of like family living situation when you're working at a boarding school and you're with each other 24 seven, you're with each other for English classes. You're with each other to play volleyball, music, Mm -hmm. hunting. I didn't really go hunting, but I did learn how to shoot a slingshot pretty well. (laughs) Um, And it was just, I started to learn the language better than I had when I was living in the States because I wasn't being so lazy about it. Um, Yeah. I'm talking a lot, but <laughs> it's a podcast. I know, but yeah, You're Thailand. It just, it just really changed me, and and it's not because of the place itself. It's because of the people that I met, and so I think too, like being in the border area is a really unique situation. Um, and I became very, even more passionate about human rights. Um, movement, what people in refugee camps, like the rights that they have and the privileges that they're awarded are non-existent. Um, And so I think when a problem becomes personal, so when you become friends with somebody who's experiencing this, some type of issue, whether it's racism, not having access to clean water, like war happening, um, it, it starts to feel more like your problem the more you get to get close with that person and for me I was close with 76 students hearing about how they're active they're very like politically active because they have to be um yeah I think anyway getting distracted thinking about them um but yeah I think when I started to make their problems personal to to me it put me into this whole new path so yeah this reminds me of, I don't know if you guys watch the Avengers or anything, but Thor, he's from this place called Asgard. But mm. Asgard is not a place. It's the people. And that kind of just reminded me of, you know, how, mm. you know, it, the people can move to anywhere in the world and they mm. can make it Thailand. They can make it mm. Seattle. They can make it LA. It's the people, not the place. Yeah. Yes, yep. always the people, not the place. Those are the mm-hmm. memories that stick with you. Yeah, I didn't know that about um, Thor about Asgard and Thor. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wow. Um, <laughs> this has been so eye opening, Mia. Yeah, <sighs> it's I so love nice. your, your words. Are your words are beautiful too. Yeah. You guys. This is why you're a storyteller. Oh, you all make it easy, honestly. Best hosts, and it also helps that we're friends, too. So. <laughs> um, I know that you have won quite a few things this year, kind of switching gears a little bit, but uh, I think a lot of us have in the travel community have considered you probably the luckiest person in the world with all the things that you have won. And, um, you know, not to brag about them, but it's so curious that, you know, I want to know what you can do with all this good fortune. You know what? Yeah, (laughs) I don't I don't know what happened this year, but I think I don't know if this is related, but there got to a point where I really enjoy watching Gabby Beckford, Pax Light, um, her content, because she's always saying just apply. You don't know how many people are applying. Like, just put yourself out there. It's worth mm-hmm. it. And so I started applying for everything and not just like, oh, I'm just going to like 
add my name in the hat. It was more mm-hmm. of a, um, let me actually try. And so the first thing that I won when I had that mind shift was Christine Lozada's drone giveaway. And I had gone to like her TNN presentation, the Nomadic Networks presentation about um, drones. And after that was over, she said, I'm hosting a competition. You can submit a video entry. And then there were some like essay questions too. And so I shared a lot about like why I wanted a drone and it's kind of changed now. Um, But I really wanted to be able to showcase show the world to my students who aren't able to travel like I do. Um, Mm -hmm. I wanted to be able to make videos for them. And so I do send them a lot of like videos and we have random English lessons sometimes about it, but that was the first giveaway. And um, it just, I think just knowing Christine too really shifted my like self-worth feeling. I think when I'm with somebody who's, who really like mm-hmm. values himself and who's like confident in who they are, it's it helps you become more confident in who you are too. It gives people permission mm-hmm. to like love yourself a little bit more. And I really struggled yeah. and still struggle with this. Um yeah, like the self-love journey has been long. Um I think yeah, having some rocky circumstances growing up kind of shifted that. And mm-hmm. so having winning that giveaway, um or a competition or whatever, it was like just being in this whole new world I didn't really know existed or I didn't know how it existed, like the content creation world. Um, Learned so much, but like the biggest takeaway was, oh, I can stand in the same room as people who are doing awesome things and still like hold my own and I have great things to offer too. And so then I started just like, not that this works every time, but I try to just really envision somebody like being like, and the winner is Mia Townsend or (laughs) on the map. I just started applying for different things. And I honestly don't know how, I don't know how I won them, but the other giveaway, the big giveaway this year was um, a trip with Intrepid and um, Nikki Vargas, who gave away their book, uh, Wanderess, which is a really great book and it's beautiful. Um, and yeah, so I'm, I was planning on going to Iran with that trip, but Mm -hmm. it looks like it's going to be India instead. Wow. And I know I'm super excited. From Indianapolis to India. Yeah. Right. That's right. But honestly, (laughs) it feels like such a gift to be, to, to win these things. And so I'm trying to figure out ways to, keep that keep that giving spirit going um Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. I did some of my own giveaways with my TNN presentation about teaching but hope to hope to find some more ways to give back I'm working on it right now thanks for listening big heart big heart there Mm -hmm. (sighs) awesome do you uh Leah you think it's time for the T2A Q2A Yes. Sweating a little bit. Okay. Get ready, Mia. Get ready. Wait, let me just. Oh, no, wait. Which one? You want to get your cool glasses on? Ooh, unicorn. Unicorn. Because Mia is a unicorn. (laughs) There we go. All right. We're going to get into the T2A Q2A, which is the ticket to anywhere quick to answer segment. Woo! Four questions. questions. Okay. First one is What items do you absolutely need with you? on your trips? Oh, obviously my long phone charger. Um, 
<laughs> no, I always bring my teaching gear with me just in oh. case. So like a map laptop, these headphones, um, and my 45 liter Osprey bag. Mm-hmm. And then I normally other things just end up in my bag and I don't, I wouldn't say that I need them. So. <laughs> okay. Basically your whole house sometimes. Say. Yes. Sometimes <laughs> that happens. Yeah. Normally I bring like a little ring light too and um, mm. a portable Wi-Fi uh, backup. Those are like my must haves, I think, for traveling. Um, okay. Especially because if you work online. Yep. Sh- shift now. Smart. Okay. 100%. All right. What else are you besides a traveler, Mia? Oh, okay. I am a chocolate lover um, and also a writer, relocation specialist, Mm -hmm. drone pilot, um, lover of vulnerability, and storyteller. Cool. Awesome. All right. What is your biggest travel flex? Ooh, I mean... Probably buying one-way tickets a lot and just not having a plan. <laughs> huge flex. I love that. That's yeah, that is a really huge flex. Just I did it for Costa Rica too. I bought that plane ticket. I recently got back from Costa Rica. It was like a three not recently, but October. I got back from a three-month trip and I bought that while sitting in a coffee shop in Grand Rapids, just like it's time, Mia. Something within you is calling for travel. And I was just Casually browsing Scotch Cheap Flights, bought it. Then I was like, I guess I should move out now and tell my landlord because I don't know when I'm coming back. That's <laughs> amazing. That's crazy. So you're also a solo traveler most of yeah, the time. Yeah, solo. Okay. Always, always solo. We're the okay. same. <gasps> I'm so outnumbered. <laughs> solo. Okay, yeah. I appreciate group travels and non-solo travelers same. too. So. Yeah, I do. But like <laughs> most of the time it's just – it's me. You know what it is? It's sometimes for me, it's harder to make those local connections or harder to meet people when I'm with a friend because mm-hmm. you just want to hang out with your awesome friends. And right. yeah, so when I'm alone, people are more drawn to talking to me, I think. Also, when I sing, because I've, yeah, well, I mean, who would reject you when you're smiling, Miss Mia? <laughs> yeah, gotta be careful but- who I smile at. <laughs> I also think I've gotten backlash from talking to locals. And try to make friends when I'm with people from back home, actually. Yeah. And they're like, I thought this was an us trip. And I'm just like, oh, my God. I'm just trying trying to. That's so mean. I know. But it's just there, you know, it's crazy how you mentioned that. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you're kind of right. So and it's tough because I don't ever want to be, you know. hard to balance. I don't know. Most of the time I don't go to the country just to hang out with people from back home. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people from back home, that's what they do. So Yeah. A lot of people back home, they want to just go somewhere with somebody because they don't know how to solo travel or yeah. do and you know things what? their own way. It's scary. I, I understand. It can be scary. I think for me, people are like, oh, you're so brave to solo travel. And I'm like, you're so brave to stay here in one place. Like, <laughs> I just... I don't see it as a bravery thing. It's just something within me that's like, I have to go. It's just calling. And so I don't think of all the things that I've learned from solo traveling until somebody else is going on their first solo trip and they're they're asking me questions. And I'm like, oh, I I guess I do know a lot um, Mm -hmm. from Mm -hmm. learning on the road because 
yeah, you learn a lot as a solo traveler. Oh yeah, especially when you're you're on your own, and yeah. it's just me, myself, and I to literally take care of me mentally and physically, mm-hmm. financially. Oof, I know it's the best lesson. The best lesson. Yeah. Okay, last one. Okay. Last question, and then Mia, let everyone know where they can find you. Sure. So last question's easy. Next trip. Ooh. Okay. I do want to go back to Georgia to visit my Georgia fan, Tennessee. It's like states travel. And mm-hmm. then India, hopefully in the fall. And who knows? I've been eyeing Mexico plane tickets. So oh, yeah. Mexico's so easy for us. Yeah. Jealous. I'm jealous. Yeah. yeah no, I meant like for, for like the U.S. in general. Oh, it's so easy I thought for you us. meant your location because I'm no, like, yeah, you, you like, are much closer. No, I, but yeah, I mean that, but like the U.S. in general, Mexico is just easier for us. Yeah. So. I've never been. So book. What? I know. <laughs> Wait, I'm like in shock. Okay, yeah, so you need to take that little Starbucks Chihuahua cup and take take it down to Mexico with we you. We are going. Yeah, Mexico. <laughs> Thailand, though, too. Ah, oh, shoot. You guys, this is the problem. I always go back Everywhere. to where I've been, and that's just sometimes that's okay. your heart just is put in these different places, and you're like, of course, rotate those places, but mm. also Mexico. So. Oh, we can't wait for your first trip Amazing. to Mexico then. Yeah. I'll I know a few people who still haven't been to Mexico, so now it's not really? even a surprise to me, yeah. And they live here. I know. I should not. I should not. Like, I don't know why. Well, I mean, here I'm like, it's different. I'm like, we were part once part of Mexico. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) But like, I don't know. I guess. Yeah, I should stop having that mindset of like, what? But like, look at all the other incredible places you've been. (laughs) I know. Yeah. Me is probably like, Mexico is too close. (laughs) (laughs) I need somewhere farther away to think more about And I think that's what we have. It's like we have that advantage of being like, I can go there anytime. It's right here. Right? Yeah. So another I'm opportunity move. pops up. I'm ready up. to move yeah. to California now. So. Ooh, let's go. <laughs> we will welcome go. you with open arms. Exactly. <laughs> At least a reunion is in order. Yeah, that'll be amazing. Yes, mm-hmm. please do. Okay. Yeah. Well, let everybody know where they can find you. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can find me at Mia on the map on. Okay, I'm new to TikTok, still learning, but you can find me there. Instagram. My website is www.miaonthemap.com. Um, you find me on the streets of Indy, <laughs> coffee shops, yes. getting lost, asking for directions. That's where you'll also find me. So <laughs> that's epic. I love it. I love it. Thank you so yeah. much, Mia. It was nice seeing your face and hearing your voice. Thank you. And learning so yeah. much more about you. Yes, it, this was wonderful. You're the best. Likewise. Everyone, go go give Mia a follow if you enjoyed this episode. Please support her on whether it's her website, TikTok, Instagram. She has stories for days and weeks and months and years. So we appreciate you. Oh, appreciate you all. And thanks for listening. T2A. You guys are the best. That's my closing remark. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Ticket to Anywhere podcast. Don't forget to connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. If you love travel as much as we do, hit subscribe on our YouTube channel as well as anywhere you listen to podcasts such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Pocket Cast. Thank you all for your support so far. When you have the time, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We love to hear your thoughts and feedback and it'll help others come across our episodes and hopefully be inspired to travel and adventure anywhere.